This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. How are you? Oh, you know, just living my best life. Excellent. Yeah. All right, we're going to get right into this because we're short on time already. Oh, we are? We we will be. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's another daytime episode, Hammett. Yes. No wine. Okay, here's here's a happy one to start you with because why not? Because everything else is going to suck. But. Yeah, this has been... Wait, can I just say... Please. This has been a bananas week so far. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we're going to get into, like... I don't know if we'll get into the politics too much, but this Monday was when everybody was, like, getting indicted and pleading guilty and... Is tr- is this the week? Is this like the no. beginning of the end? No, everyone's getting excited over nothing yet. I don't. Uh, I, I don't. I I've really learned don't. not to get optimistic about anything. No, I am too. But this feels different. I Does don't know. It? I Ugh. I'm not optimistic because why would either. anything good happen? I've heard of good things. I've actually. never heard of good things. I read a book about it. Interesting. Go. Um, there is a position in Canada, which I was unfamiliar. Like, let me tell you a story that I just found out existed like three hours ago. Okay. Uh, There's a position in Canada called the governor general. It's not the prime minister, but it's one of the, you're like the liaison to the queen of England. Uh, It's a ceremonial position, Mm. but it has some weight because of the monarchy and stuff like this. Very effective monarchy. Canadians will totally correct me because I'm probably making them cringe right now as I describe that the wrong way. It's not (laughs) an elected position. Justin Trudeau appointed this person to this position. Mm -hmm. She just took office like a month ago. So whatever. She's new. She's the governor general. Good for her. Her name is Julie Payette. She just gave a speech this week at the Canadian Science Policy Convention in Ottawa. So she's speaking at a science convention. Cool. And for the most part, this is one of those positions, as far as I could tell, where you're pretty much under the radar the whole time. Mm -hmm. You do some nifty things here and there, but like you're not supposed to be in the news because you're not supposed to do anything really newsworthy, (laughs) you know? And so here's what she says at this science uh, policy convention. Wait, let me preface this by saying her resume is pretty damn amazing. Okay. Uh, Miss Payette, uh, doctor, I don't know what her qualifications are there, but she's a computer engineer. She's a businesswoman. She's a pilot. She was an astronaut. She spent 25 days in space. She was the first Canadian on the International Space Station. She's just all kinds of wow, badass. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and now she's in this position, and she's speaking at the science convention. So she gets there, and here's basically... I'm going to quote some of the stuff she says. She talked about astrology at one point, and she said she was surprised that, quote, that uh, I think she was surprised that there are people who believe that your future and every single one of the people here's personalities can be determined by looking at planets (laughs) coming in front of invented constellations. (laughs) She talked about creationism. She said, we are still debating and still questioning whether life was a divine intervention or whether it was coming out of a natural process, let alone, oh my goodness, a random process. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God, I am in love. Uh-huh. And then she talked about climate change. Quote, can you believe that still today in learned society, in houses of government, unfortunately, we're still debating and still questioning whether humans have a role in Earth warming up or whether even the Earth is warming up, period. Oh, my God. So here's the thing. None of this should be controversial. 
no. This but is also, what normal. What's she doing in a <laughs> ceremonial position? Let's get. I know. Put let's her in the science position. President. Here's the thing, though. In Canada, they actually have other scientists in positions of science. Wait. So wait, it's not. Wait, I know. I know. Are it's you weird. telling me? Are you telling me <laughs> that in Canada, people who make policy on science are scientists? Yeah, they know what they're doing. So it's not like. Oh, they How should put her you. in there because they don't have any scientists. No, right. they already have scientists in those positions. So, like, it's not like they don't have that. She'd be the most qualified scientist in our government, maybe. But, uh-huh. yeah. So, this should not be controversial. Because in what I just said, she didn't say anything that is weird. She's not denigrating anybody. She's pointing out, like, hey, scientists and, hey, general public, since uh-huh. you're probably tuning in, like, it's not weird to talk about climate change and man's contribution to it. It's not weird to say astrology is, like, totally messed up and why do people still believe it today? Well, and yeah. it really shouldn't be controversial to say, yeah, we know how evolution works. And people who don't accept it, they're denying reality, to paraphrase her. Like, that, it, it shouldn't be controversial, but we live in a world where people are going to see that and say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you said that. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Astrology is definitely one of those things I can't get my hackles up about, even though, like, it's dumb. <laughs> but, like, I don't know when to respond when people are like, oh, what's your sign? I'm like, oh, Libra. And they're like, oh, this, that. I'm like, I can't. Yeah, I, I would be more furious about that one if people were using that to guide policy. But when they do it to evolution, it's no different. It's to say, hey, I'm going to believe in something silly because right. I want to and there's no evidence for it. But who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, astrology, they're not making policy around, but all their stuff they are. Right. So it, it's all but part of the still, same like, thing. I feel like, OK, yeah, go ahead. Here's, there's a guy at CBC News, Aaron Wary who wrote about this, and he was very offended, weirdly, because he was offended by the fact that she was being, to use his slur against her, she was being interesting. And she shouldn't be interesting in this role. I think that was his way of saying, like, why are you talking about a political issue? That was passive-aggressive as fuck, though. (laughs) And he said things like, you know, those who read and write horoscopes would be entitled to take offense. He also said, you know, she commented on evolution. Religious belief might generally be considered sacrosanct, or at least a topic that the appointed occupant of Redu Hall, whatever her place, I don't hit commentator. He should she should avoid commenting on. And he also said about climate change, like it is, uh, and the faith. It is vital that the public have faith in the governor general's objectivity. Governors general are best advised to avoid being too interesting. Yeah, cool. A dude telling a woman <laughs> in power to shut up. How a smart woman and cool. in power like, who knows what she's talking about, fuck too. Off, dude. No, like, yeah. fuck that guy. Like, yeah. And he's not alone, by the way. This isn't just one dude he's saying not there's alone, so but still, many but people. But still, Hemet, but still, fuck that guy. Yes. Like, wh- how fucking dare you? Like, how could you? Yeah, I just, no, 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 no. This is not, no. Making statements on science, A, isn't contra- controversial. B, we shouldn't be, like, protect... It's not like religious people are have never heard of evolution or whatever. Like, they're aware of what science says. They choose not to believe it. So for a scientist to, say, to state a scientific opinion, like, yeah, like, okay, cool. Par for the course, that's what I think we all expected. I mean, in his view, if I have his position correct, if you have a bunch of people walking around saying two plus two equals five, and you have this person who knows what she's talking about saying, no, it equals four, and can you believe there are people who think it equals five? He wants her to, like, 
she might offend math skeptics, so she should shut up about it. That's the thing, though. Like, it's all to me, it's all the same. It's all the same kind of idea of, yeah, we have people who have figured this out and have you can check their work if you really want to. If you just choose not to believe it, you don't get your beliefs respected <laughs> like that. That's not how right. life works. She didn't say anything controversial. She was being honest, and for some people, that's offensive to their delusions. Yeah, she seems dope. That's because she wants to hang out with me. You want to? I, I will do my best. Thank you, Hammett. This will make you even more upset about all this. Why? Because Prime Minister Trudeau... Mm-hmm. Here's what he said in response to her speech. Oh, God, no. He's proud of her. Oh. And then he added, he applauded the fact that she was defending science as part of the foundation of a successful society. Hey, why did you say that's going to make me ups- upset? Because we don't live there. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Things that you will never hear the Trump administration. I thought you were Trump pulling Rudy on no, me. No, so I, it makes me upset. Oh. <laughs> like, God. damn it, you're saying all the right things. <laughs> I was I was uh, G-chatting with my friend Ann today, who's uh, been on this show a couple times. Yes. And we just kept having these moments of like, do you ever take a step back and just like think about how we got here? Like, you get so worried about the little like things that are happening. You're like, oh, fuck, Donald Trump is our president. And he's the literal worst human being who's ever existed. Anyway, that's just kind of Hitler my... Hitler a second, but he's right up there. <clears throat> But I'm yeah. with you. Point taken. In my lifetime, I say. <laughs> Can we say in my lifetime? Everybody everybody, everybody tracks you know, their worst humans by my lifetime, <laughs> right? You know what's funny, though? Like, Nothing. the yesterday, uh, when he was off... T- uh, we're recording this on Friday, by the way, oh, November yeah. 3rd. Yeah. When he was off of Twitter for 11 minutes because they accidentally or purposely deleted his account from what Twitter. What a fucking time to be alive. <laughs> it's like... It was just funny because it's, oh, oh, he's gone. Like, it's just calm. It's just and I know there are stretches of time when he just doesn't tweet. <laughs> it's that but it was this of idea. spring music. Like, I can't think of how I, my, it goes. The funniest response I saw to that was, it's like Shawshank Redemption, where Andy Dufresne <laughs> plays the opera music uh, yes, I saw for that. everyone in prison. <laughs> well, what, so I was uh, watching the news all morning for no good reason. I don't know why. It just makes me mad. And what I think is interesting about that, so so if you're, if you're not aware, um, basically an outgoing... At this point, they're saying Twitter employee, but now I've heard contractor, maybe. So it might not even be an actual, uh, an official employee of Twitter. As he or she was leaving, this hero um, deleted or dis, dis, disengaged. No, what's the word? Say the word. Uh, deleted the account? It, it, it wasn't deleted or just... Well, anyway. He took it offline. Yeah, took it offline for 11 minutes before it went back up. And so, you know, I'm watching all the, you know, hour-long news shows where everybody has their opinion. And what I think is interesting is this is, and maybe this could be, I could be wrong on this, but it's very much presented as a thing of like, oh, Twitter has this problem that it can't manage things. And I do get that, that like they, they do control a lot of conversation a lot. But, like, maybe instead of going after Twitter for this, maybe we should be like, hey, maybe the president shouldn't have a fucking live Twitter account that can be relatively easily hacked or, like, taken offline. From what I've heard, like, hundreds of Twitter employees have the ability to do that sort of thing. Um, Yeah, I don't get the hate on Twitter. I like Twitter. Twitter has problems, but, like, but Twitter's not the problem, because if they banned him he'd go on facebook yeah i think the conversation's worth having about twitter don't blame the medium because the messenger is crazy right and like he's the and and god let's step back a fucking year in our life and see how everybody's flipping the fuck out over hillary clinton using a private email server Mm -hmm. and now we have 
basically the president like vaguely threatening threatening nuclear war on Twitter and everyone's like, yeah, no, he just says it like it is. Like how how is this the world that I'm living in right now? That was the scary thing to read about yesterday's thing. If a Twitter employee slash contractor could delete his account, did he have the ability to post under his name? And the answer Twitter says is no. No no one has that ability. But, like, what if someone could have gotten in and just said, we're launching a nuke right now? Like, oh, my God. Uh, If you got a hold of Trump's Twitter account, would you do something, like, really grandiose or really, really petty like I would? Uh, I resign, period. No, 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 that no, no. Like, if you hacked into it. That's exactly what I would post. Oh, that's what you would post. <laughs> I thought you meant you resigned the position. Of oh, that's pretty good. I was That would say, mess like, with everyone's head. I would say something like a lot of mistypes and be like, sorry, can't type using desktop computer hands too small or something like See, really that's exactly what I, yeah. Petty. That would be entertaining, but uh-huh. part of me would be like, oh, all the mistypes, that's probably him. And like, I just wouldn't well, even yeah, think of it. Well, yeah, that's the point. You could the keep point. the ruse up. Yeah. And admit in his tiny, tiny hands, <laughs> like little, like little baby claws. It's amazing how he can tweet with those claws. <laughs> so Pat Robertson, yeah. because oh, we boy. don't talk about him enough. Oh, Here's yeah. the setup for this. Okay. He does this Q and A on every episode. Some lady writes in how to long say, is, "Is each episode uh, of his show? Yeah, an hour. Oh, is it? I thought mm-hmm. it was like one of those five-hour marathon shows. No, it's in like an hour every day. News, okay. news, big quote hands. Oh, show. I guess it's daily. So that's what so I'm she writes in, and here's the gist of the letter. My 15-year-old son died earlier this year. She's clearly grieving. She's like, why would God allow that to happen? Oh, no. Fair question. This is not going to go well, Hamid. A constant religious question that comes up. Why does God let horrible things things happen to good people? people? So, again, imagine if you're a Christian, even if you're Pat Robertson. Like, if you are a Christian in this position, Mm -hmm. what's the sort of thing you would say to this mother, this grieving mother? I feel like usually it's something to the effect of, like, he had fulfilled his time on this earth or God needed him in heaven or he was too good for this world or although I have heard in that particular situation one of my like earliest memories of being like huh, religion fucking sucks is um when I was oh junior high maybe a uh, family who lived near me um there were there's five in the family and there's a big car accident and the father and the youngest son died and it was like in my community. Um, it was like it shook up. It was it's in like the kind of Hinsdale Downers Grove area. But anyway, I remember my mom talking to somebody else. I was eavesdropping on my mom's conversation because I was a super chill kid. Um, and she relayed that some mom had said to the grieving widow who had lost her husband and son that they must have done something for God to have punished them. And oh I was my like, God. cool. That and, like, when my dad made fun of somebody for being an anti-vaxxer when I was, like, six, I think those really set me on my, like, set me on the track to where yeah, I am today. Isn't that fucked? I mean, I was going to say it would be really bad if they said this is part of God's plan, but yeah. it, but that was way worse than I yep. thought. Would and I thought that's and what Pat Robertson would say. This is, like, third hand. My mom I know. could have been exaggerating. <laughs> but also, I'm going to believe it's true. Yes. Um, I thought Pat Robertson would say something like, this is part of God's plan. Mm-hmm. It sucks. You will be reunited in heaven. Reunited Whatever. In heaven I thought that's popular. where he was going with this. No, that's not the answer he gave. He did express some like sadness on her behalf. But here is literally what he said. Um, and he's saying, you know, uh, the loss of a child is bad. We don't know. I, he said, I assume your son was living for God. I don't know anything about him. Oh, God. Then he adds... 
trying to think about how God is thinking about this. What would have happened maybe 10 years from now? Oh, no. Would he have started drinking? No. Would he have gone away from the Lord? What would have happened? Did he do that he could have been Hitler thing? Pretty much. Like, God wanted to bring him to heaven for a reason, and maybe the reason was he was going to become an alcoholic or an atheist. And the two worst things right. a human can be. And that's why God had to take him early because he didn't want to see him go down that route. I think that's what Pat Robertson is saying. God killed your son because God knew he was going to become an atheist. Which, to put that another way, is to say God punished him because he dared to question God in or, the future. Yeah, it's, 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 it's future crime. Like, that's mafia hitman sort of crazy <laughs> stuff. Not loving God wants to love you. I just want to say while Hemet was explaining all of that, I was really nervous and I was doing the Chrissy Teigen crying face from the... You don't know this reference. Of course not. Some people will know it, but just like this kind of like, uh... Like I was just (laughs) really... I was just very nervous (laughs) about where that ended up. And good news, it was as awful as I thought it would be. You're welcome. My work here is done. Oh, fuck. God, that poor woman. I know. That's my other... When you hear things like this from some... From your Pat Robinsons of the world... What do you what do you take away from that? Uh, if I'm the mother in this case, yeah, uh, I don't know. I was really wondering if this mother, who clearly let's assume she believes in God and she thinks Pat Robertson isn't crazy, which yeah. um, that's why she wrote into him right. sincerely. I don't know if she was comforted by those words or not. And I wish maybe, I knew the answer to that. Maybe they are, question mark? Like, maybe she heard that and she's like, okay, the, maybe what she took away from that is God has a plan and that's why I took away my son and that's what Pat Robertson is saying. Yeah. And she people like 15? us. Yeah. Ugh. And people like us are the ones reading too literally into his words and we're missing the big picture. Maybe, I mean, for her sake, I hope that's the case. But like, yeah. I mean, what do you say to comfort anyone who's gone through that? I don't think there's anything you could say. Right. That would make everything better. But I mean, there is a way to talk about these issues so that they're at least you're not making things worse. And I feel like Robertson in some way could have been making things worse. I would say he absolutely was. But but also but also I really struggle understanding like how people seek comfort in religion in times of tragedy. Like to me, anytime something like of that magnitude happens, it's like, wait, really? We're all walking around like people are walking around saying like, oh, this is God's plan. Like when my like I remember specifically when um uh, my friend died a couple months ago, I was like talking to my husband like how like the way I'm feeling right now, how do people like spin this into, well, this is part of the plan and this is and, and I, I know I'm speaking for myself and people have their own experiences, but that is always a thing that like to me, it's really easy to be like holding a baby and like, oh, it's God's miracle. But like. When fuck when your teenage son dies, how are you like? Cool, thanks God, you did you did a good one. You did a good job. Not helping. No. Anyway, whenever I'm ranting, Hemant's shoving apples in his mouth. They're delicious. <laughs> so the GOP came out with its tax plan, which oh. <laughs> normally would not concern me on this podcast or anything. But here's the problem with this tax reform bill. Besides all the other problems in this tax reform bill. There is a section. This is a 429-page bill. If you go to 427, oh God. like right at the very end, they stuck it in there. Do you remember earlier this year, Donald Trump, during the campaign, he's like, I'm going to repeal the Johnson Amendment. I'm going to make sure pastors can endorse yeah. candidates from the pulpit, mm-hmm. and no one gets to take away their tax exemptions. He passed an executive order to do that. 
it didn't really have any teeth to it. And the ACLU kind of like said, we were thinking about suing you over this, but honestly, it doesn't do anything. So we're going to skip this one. (laughs) And then Congress tried to pass it. And I don't think it got anywhere. And so American Atheists, they did pass something and American Atheists has sued over that. That lawsuit is still ongoing. But here's the thing. In this tax reform bill on page 427. Did you read all of those pages? I totally did. I haven't. Uh Sure. Here's what it says on page 427. Basically, what they say is 501c3 nonprofits, Uh they're not supposed to endorse candidates. They're not supposed to do political activism Mm -hmm. as a big part of what they do. And this offers an exemption here. And what it basically says, it's a lot of legalese here, but it's a special rule relating to churches specifically that says basically if they are promoting a candidate in the normal course of business, they can't be punished for that in the sense of no one can take away their tax exemption. Uh You can't go out of your way to do this. Like you can't, I so guess. So you can't like hold a rally, but that's you can what say I was thinking. something during service? I think that's exactly what okay. they were going for. And they said, because of your endorsement, you can't like suddenly take in all this money. And that's their way of saying, we don't want you to become like super PACs, like secretly oh. and just start raising money for candidates that you shouldn't be raising. That sounds otherwise. like really soft language though. Yeah. And if I have this right, and again, not a lawyer, <laughs> but whatever, if I have this right in theory, a wealthy member of the church could say to the pastor, I want you to get on stage and endorse this candidate that I support. And if you don't, I'm not giving you the money I normally give you. Because not only would the pastor be allowed to endorse the candidate without punishment, they're not making any extra money as a result of that endorsement. So, like, I don't know why churches would be okay with this. Yeah, like, that's, that's a reason sticky. churches should not want to play this game. They get tax that's... exemptions like the ACLU and the NRA does, uh, like all of them do. And the rule is supposed to be you don't get to say, tell people which candidates to vote for. You can push for your issues. Yeah, and you can grade. You can grade everybody yeah. on your issues and like hint, wink, wink. These yeah. candidates got A's from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone does that. That's fine. But to tell people, like, this is who you're voting for. Like, that's where it crosses the line. And this bill, if it passes in this form... Mm-hmm. would Which, s- it's not looking super great. Who knows? Right. If it does, though, this would allow pastors, and only pastors and religious leaders, oh, to yeah, get away with it. Fucked. And here's where it may come under a lawsuit. Because already, I believe, American Atheists said, we're going to file a lawsuit if this bill passes. Mm-hmm. Because they're saying this exemption is only for religious leaders, not all nonprofits. Which means American atheists couldn't play this game. Right. The ACLU couldn't play this game. Satanists could. The NRA could not play this game. Yeah. This is specifically for religious groups. Right. And that's a problem. So it's, it's, no one's talking about this on TV because they're talking about the actual tax implications mm-hmm. and why it's bad. But they're sneaking this in there because... There's so many reasons why it's bad. Yeah, there's so many reasons it's bad. This one's, I fear, going to get lost on television. Right. I, but... You know, the good reporters have mentioned it in their uh, analyses of these things. Right. And they're trying to pass it by Thanksgiving, right? I'm sure they want to pass it as soon as possible. But here's what I want listeners to know. Every single one of you should call your member of Congress, even if they're Democrats. Uh, The number is 202-224-3121. 
and tell your member of Congress not to support this bill Mm -hmm. with this language in it. Mm Because maybe you're represented by a Republican who's going to vote for it. Just tell them, look, I have complaints about tax reform, but this language specifically you need to change, Mm -hmm. you need to alter or get rid of it, and then we'll hash out the tax stuff. But, you know, they should know that this means something to you and it's bad. And you know what? Here's the neat thing. There are thousands and thousands of religious leaders who have written a letter to Congress mm-hmm. saying, we don't want this. Yeah, we that's don't the thing want is to like, play politics. We we like church because it's a sanctuary mm-hmm. from the real world mm-hmm. of politics included. Like, yeah. they don't want to play this game. Yeah. And uh, from what I saw today, they um, if they lose more than 22 Republicans then it won't pass. And so far, already five have said they won't support it in its current form. So, like, we're on the way, which also (laughs) reminds me of... I I usually don't watch the news during the day, so I'm, like, all about this right now, but I was watching um, MSNBC, and Stephanie Rule was interviewing a congressman, I didn't write down his name, or a senator, I didn't write down his name. (laughs) But she was asking him about, like, specifics about the bill, and you know how they love to talk about, like, broad strokes. And so he was, like well, this is going to close a lot of tax loopholes. And she goes, can you tell me one? And he said, well, there's going to be more than one. We're going (laughs) to close a lot. And she goes, name one. And it was just my favorite moment of like, um, sir, this isn't difficult. Like, it's such garbage. I was um, a little bit of a tangent. Barry Lynn, who's the director of Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Uh He's been there for like 25 years. He's fantastic. He retired. They had a big party for him yesterday. Louis Black, the comedian, was the MC. There's video of it online. Nice celebration in his honor. At one point, one of the speakers was Congressman Jamie Raskin, who's one of the, we think he's secular, but he won't say he's secular, that sort of guy. Uh, He's awesome, though, in terms of his voting record and things like that. And one of the things he pointed out when he was talking was that when he was on the state in the state government, or I think maybe even the city council years ago, mm-hmm. one of the members of that council, maybe the mayor, said something like, we want to put the Ten Commandments up somewhere because a lot of other cities are doing it. And this is obviously something he didn't want, separation of church and state and all mm-hmm. that. And, you know, he was, I think the joke that he was making, but he was telling a true story is that he said, instead of voting on the Ten Commandments and putting it up there, um, I would like to propose that we vote for every commandment one by one. (laughs) (laughs) Because when people say they want the Ten Commandments up, they don't actually pay attention to all of them. And so... Just like this loophole thing. Like, they don't know the specifics of what they're talking about. They just know it sounds good. It's the same oh, idea here. that's so good. I love yeah. that. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, uh, I don't remember if that ever worked or he just kind of said it and no one paid attention to him yeah. when he said it, but it was a good story. Um, okay. So hopefully that won't pass for a lot of reasons, but that's mm. an important reason for it to not pass. There is yeah, a Yeah, they, they want to end the adoption credit. They... Tax credit, like student loan stuff is going to be affected. It's very, it's not a good bill. Mm -hmm. Anyway, there's a pastor, Greg Laurie, pastor from California, mega church. And there was a sermon he gave uh, maybe a little more than a month ago, but it only came to my attention this week because a Christian outlet wrote about it. Mm -hmm. And here's what he was trying to tell people. Oh, God. It's a bad start. (laughs) He was trying to say, you know, you should all be not just Christians, but like proud Christians because Christians are awesome. Sure. And I'm going to quote exactly what he said here. 
So you think about the great hospitals and the great universities and other things that have been done historically in our country. In almost every case, at least in their original state, they were started by followers of Jesus Christ. Oh, Pause. Okay. He's not necessarily wrong there. Like Harvard University, for example, that sure. was a religious school. Now it's not. Whatever. Well, okay, keep going. But if you're saying started by followers of Jesus Christ, that really is like a pretty broad <laughs> yes, it is. Broad brush. Yeah. Um, he goes on. You look at the great relief organizations in the world today. They are Christian organizations. Christians are always on the front line wherever people are suffering, which is funny because <laughs> you could interpret that how you want. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they believe or if they don't believe. It doesn't matter if they're Christian or Muslim or if they're Buddhist. If there's a tragedy, if there's a calamity, Christians give, Christians oh. help. Christians are always doing these things regardless of who the victims are. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was and then he went on. Here's the kicker. When's the last time you heard of an atheist relief organization? They do this every fucking time there's a national, disa- national <laughs> Heathen disaster. Heathen purse? There's no such thing. But there is Samaritan's purse, isn't there? Non-believers vision? No. I've never heard of them. Oh my God. But I have heard of world vision. They don't care. <gasps> there might be some out there. There might be some exception. But by and large, it's believers out there doing this work. Oh Real spirituality God. is practical. Can we... Um, cut this part out of the podcast and then TM Heathen's purse immediately. <laughs> that it, I've never wanted something so much in my entire life. Make it happen. You have like 12 hours before this goes up on the Ugh, website. That sounds like make a lot it of happen. Work. I asked you to come. Oh, you should Etsy hey, that somebody, shit. Hey, somebody out there, make a charity called Heathen, Heathen's Purse and put Emmons <laughs> in my face on it or something. Um, it's a, yeah. you know what? Like we've had, this it only has so money that says, doesn't say in God, we trust. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that would be a really pointless, but kind of interesting <laughs> like thing to do is collect. It's mo- all currency from before yeah, the 1950s. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, like this guy, here's the thing, Hammond, we've had this conversation after every fucking hurricane and after every earthquake and after every shoot like mass shooting that's happened it's always this fucking rhetoric and i'm torn between pulling a like fuck this guy let's never talk or think about him again which is always my favorite thing to do and like should should we as a community which i use community kind of in quotes because it's really hard to label or we're gonna talk about that in a bit oh we are yeah did I, am I jumping ahead? You're not. Okay. But like, is that our response, not responsibility, I guess, but like, would that be beneficial to us to be more about like, our charities are going to be like, good without God charities and always have atheists or always have godless or always have like humanist in the name? Or is that just playing into their hand of, I don't know, I just fucking, it feels baiting. It feels like they're baiting us. Some groups have gone one step ahead already. They uh-huh. have not only formed the relief organizations, they well, have labeled them the atheist on ones. They've labeled them as atheist charities, uh-huh. and they've done amazing things, and I'll talk about that in a second. But the point is, I don't think there's any amount of money they could give that would change this guy's mind mm-hmm. because he clearly didn't do the research. Well, he's being willfully ignorant, and yeah, if you're you right, search atheist charity on Google, all these names right. will come up. He didn't bother doing that. But so I don't know that any of that, what you were suggesting, I don't even think that would make a difference for people like yeah, him. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but I think this is also kind of part and parcel with this sort of authoritarianism thing that we're seeing where, like, 
somebody says something definitive and everybody like applauds and feels good about it because people do this, whether it's from the pulpit or whether it's Donald fucking Trump. If he says something definitively, then nobody does a fucking thing to double check or fact check. They just take that and run with it. And And by the way, when he said that again, happened more than a month ago and didn't even cross my radar. It didn't appear anywhere. And the Christian publication that actually I got this story from, they didn't say, Oh, it's wrong because there are atheist relief groups. They were talking about something else entirely. And I just saw it because it had the word atheist. in it. Jesus. But here's yeah. the thing. There, just to be clear, there are tons of atheist relief groups. Just mm-hmm. to name a few, uh, the one I worked with and know personally the best, foundationbeyondbelief.org. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only do we raise money for charity that has nothing to do with atheism, Foundation does relief efforts, volunteering mm-hmm. on the ground. They do disaster relief in the case of hurricanes and tornadoes and all that. There is a group run by the Center for Inquiry called Skeptics and Humanists Aid and Relief Efforts, or SHARE. They do that sort of thing. Freedom From Religion Foundation does non-belief relief. They gave more than a, about $100,000 after the recent bout of hurricanes. Oh, cool. And they just announced this week that they were giving $100,000 to Doctors Without Borders to help the Rohingya refugees who are like the Muslims from Myanmar who are being horribly persecuted. Mm. They were giving money to help people who are actual victims of religious persecution. Wow. That has nothing to do with atheism, but that's what they wanted to help. There are volunteer groups on the ground. There are local groups. We talk about Kiva, that micro lending site. Oh yeah. One of the number one groups, if not the number one group, depending on which metric you want to use is the Kiva atheists. This, they have given out more money as loans. Uh Uh-huh than any other group. It was kind of funny because for a while they were number one and the Kiva Christians were number two. Um, Depending on the metric, they might go back and forth, which, good, that's a good battle to have. Right. But the point is, we're not at the bottom of that list either. So this idea that there are no atheist relief efforts or Mm -hmm. that atheists don't do charity, Mm -hmm. that's a lie. Yeah. And if you give us the money that churches have, because we're not (laughs) saying give us your tithe money or give us money to spread our, you know, with to help with our missionary efforts. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. No one's obligated to give atheists anything. So mm-hmm. when we give, we're giving because we want to help other people. Mm-hmm. But it's a different situation. It's a different infrastructure. It's a totally, it's comparing two very different things. But what bothers me is that just, oh, this pastor is spreading this lie that is so easily debunked. Yeah, and it's fucking old. It's an old lie. Hey, do you know any local charities? Should we organize something for this holiday season? That's a good idea. There are groups in Chicagoland I know yeah. that do uh, soup kitchen work, food pantry type of stuff. Oh, yeah. No, because I did a um, food pa- was it food pantry? What was it? A couple of years ago. Yeah. I did. We should look into that. Over Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Uh, by the way, this happens with pretty much I mean, a lot of the bigger local groups. Uh-huh. If you know an atheist group in your big city near you, mm-hmm. there's a good chance they're going to organize something over the holidays. And if you're around, you should take part yeah. in it if, if you can. If you're in the greater Chicagoland area and you have interesting either volunteer opportunities or charity opportunities, get at us at um, Friendly Atheist Podcast at Gmail. Yep. Um, this can be my project once my contract <laughs> ends at my Excellent. job. All right, totally different story here. Cool. Disney Channel show okay. that neither of us Sorry. watch. Sorry. I just wasn't expecting you to say Disney hey, Channel. Hey, we talk about everything here. <laughs> everything. Okay, also, you don't know me. I could watch it. What is it? This is true. True story. I was once like 
in this area where I had very limited access to channels. <laughs> and so it's like late at night. I'm like, I want to watch TV, but there's no game on of any sort. And I've seen Sports Center like eight times in a row. There's <laughs> got to be something else. All that was there was like the Disney Channel. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I guess. So I watched all these like young adult, oh. like the, the, the shows that are not cartoons. <laughs> and that's the story of how I haven't ended up on an FBI watch list. <laughs> <laughs> And so I saw the same episodes like eight days in a row or something. Oh, my God. So I know these shows now, like the back of my hand. Anyway, uh, one of the shows that I haven't seen. My niece and nephew came over and watched something on Netflix and just like fucked up our whole algorithm. <laughs> that, that would be annoying. <laughs> so there's a show called Andy Mack. It's a show that I'm sure someone's heard. Is it a spiritual sequel to Secret World of Alex Mack? I was wondering the jam. same thing and I have no idea. You didn't, but, do, re you didn't do research, Evan? I didn't watch that show, oh. but I, I, I was like, I've heard of a show like this. Oh, it's not the same one. No, I wonder not. what the relation that is. That show is dope as hell. I don't know. So they have a show called Andy Mac. There's a main character who, I don't know what he does. Gent okay. But that main character, one of them, admitted that he has a crush on a guy <gasps> in a recent <gasps> episode. Sorry, I'm not wearing pearls. I need to crutch them. Yes, thank you. So that was I it. That crush, was a not clutch. Clutch. <laughs> Here's the thing. Yes, that I'm should sorry. not be a controversial thing. It's like, oh, he has a crush on someone. Okay, I will react as whatever I'm supposed to. It's a young adult crush on a TV show. Whatever. And everybody, wait, 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 wait. Can I guess who yes. got involved? Is it the Million Mom group? Yes, is it? Is. Yes. How, what's their numbers now? Are they like one they million? One million moms has approximately like, thirty-seven hundred followers on Twitter. I thought there were at least like ten thousand. No, not even. Oh, bless their hearts. So they said this episode would take <laughs> away I love children's. The they said it would take away children's innocence. Sure. And they began a petition against oh. Disney. Against Disney, against you say? Disney. Blogger Matt Walsh, who's no, your favorite no, guy ever. No, no, He called Disney anti-Christian. Okay. Ken Ham, the creationist, said parents shouldn't trust Disney. <laughs> and then yeah, added they're in... They're really going to take Disney down. And then added in a plug for the Creation Museum and Ark Encounter, because those are good family-friendly <laughs> alternatives. <laughs> to a television show? Uh, to a, uh, and it wasn't like they... It Don't wasn't like watch this show. Travel to Kentucky instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like they had some weird like Stupid. teenage sex scene. No, no, no. The kid literally said like, or, uh, another character was like, oh, "You have a crush on the guy," and he's like, "Uh huh." That was pretty much the whole scene. That was you it. Should, you should write television, heaven. That I was really, really compelling. Should. I was Thank swept you. away. Uh, I do scripts, <laughs> so that wasn't none of that was the worst one I saw though. That was not the worst oh, reaction. Really? The worst reaction came from this Christian activist who writes for WND, like World Net Daily, or okay. something else now. Linda Harvey. She said that she talked about the show. She's like, basically, you know what? I'm okay with that storyline. Oh, no. I don't mind that they had a gay character on that show. There's going to be a got you moment, isn't there? Yeah, here's what she wrote, because this is an article. What if Disney told the truth? Because they own all these shows. What if Disney told the truth about the frequent origin of same-sex attractions in youth? A heartbreaking but realistic angle could explore what happens when a boy is molested by an adult <gasps> male or an older teenage boy and then finds himself with same-sex desires, feelings that were absent prior to the abuse. Oh, <laughs> my God. I'm going to eat an apple while you react. <sighs> okay. <laughs> feelings about this surprise surprise okay first of all this timing is really fucked because this is also the week that the kevin spacey thing came out so i'm like kind of running a really like angry campaign about this 
this um combination this way that people combine homosexuality and pedophilia so if you haven't been paying attention to celebrity news or whatever um kevin spacey was um uh, anthony rapp who was an original broadway cast member of rent who like very very close to my heart i feel like he's my friend get at me anthony um he said that uh, when he was 14 years old, um, already active in the uh, in Hollywood, he was in Adventures in Babysitting. Um, Kevin Spacey brought him into a bedroom and tried to quote quote seduce him. I didn't read a ton of details because I didn't want to. Um, and in on the heels of that, and whether it was to justify it or divert the story, Kevin Spacey came out as gay, which is a rumor that's been going around for as long as I can remember that Kevin Spacey is gay and in the closet for whatever personal reason he has. And so he just fucking handed all of these right-wing assholes on a fucking silver platter this one-to-one connection that Kevin Spacey made about himself of, oh, not, 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 not a pedophile, I'm just a gay guy. Like, what the fuck are you doing? So this, per- this shit is so deeply damaging. This, th- this rhetoric that this woman is saying, because that's saying every gay person in the world, which, by the way, they never talk about gay women. What the fuck is that all about? Like, what happened to gay women that made them gay women? Um, th- this, this rhetoric of you're only gay because you're damaged in some way or you're broken or you were abused. It's it shows you they've never talked to a lot of gay people. But here's sure. the thing. People, you know what happens to, pe- to many people, not all, certainly not all people who are damaged, or, excuse me, abused as children is very frequently if they don't get help and circumstances line up in a certain way, they end up being abusers themselves. So if you pretend to care about kids getting abused and the consequences thereof, maybe fucking take a look at that instead of doing, like, being gay is the most fucking benign thing I can think a person could do. Like, it means nothing. And so if you're, like, having this faux outrage about kids who are abused, which, by the way, you're fucking not. Like, of course you're not worried about kids being abused. There's a million things you could be doing if you were worried about kids being abused. No, fuck this woman. Like, this is such garbage. And to pretend... No. Oh my god. I'm sorry. I lost track. I'm just mad. Yes. That's the right reaction. But like how f- No, it's it's just bigotry. I mean, there's nothing redeeming about anything there. It's just a nasty stereotype that they have. And what's weird is for this person who has been around for many years and talking about these issues who's clearly learned nothing from anybody about these issues. You don't get to this point without absolute willful ignorance. Yes, yeah. Or just living inside. And that's why I'm really, really (laughs) concerned about, like, echo chambers and, like, whether I end up in one myself if I just, like, listen to people who agree with me and, like, say the same thing back to me. Like, because I am afraid of railroading myself into this, like, bullshit kind of opinion that's not really based on anything besides what people who agree with me say. But, like, I cannot imagine anything to the extent of me saying, like, oh, the only people who are uh, priests were raped by priests as children. Like, as <laughs> if that makes any fucking sense. But, like, say, have the confidence, like, publish it on the end. Like, I think I, I've said this before on the website, I know, but, like, if atheists talked about... If everyone talked about Christians, conservative Christians, the way they talk about everyone else... Uh-huh then they might have a legit claim at being persecuted. But until then, they are just lying. And, like, you wish there was a commandment that said, don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, is it lying when they... There's no way they haven't heard people responding to this stuff. So, yes, they've heard it and they don't 
Y'all, I think they believe it too. And so they, is that lying? Even though they... I think it's lying because they're purposely refusing to hear anybody else, just yeah. so they can keep perpetuating that myth. And to what end? I guess is always my question. What uh, What do they have to gain by like implying or not even implying? Rally the saying, troops against any sort of LGBT rights. What just? Because why would you want transgender people in the military? Because they're yeah, gonna assault you, apparently. Which every statistic says, if you're trans, you're much more likely to be the victim of assault yeah. than make than assault somebody. Or God, the high a higher rate of suicide for trans people. Like what? This sort of foe. Why would they choose that for themselves the if thing. they weren't that? Not even that, but this. This faux concern that I see all the time of like the pearl clutching, what about the children? What are we going to do? When the, it's this invisible non thing. Whereas if we go up to them and say, listen, like, I think it's 25 um, trans women of color have been murdered this year so far. And like, they're like, the your, your mortality rate as a trans woman of color is. At like hugely higher than anybody, any other pop, most other populations. God, I kind of am recalling that. I hope that's close to being accurate. So we can point you to a real at risk population, real people who are dying. And even behind, beyond that, if you want to like step out of your LGBTQ sort of bubble, there are literal human children starving in the streets. But what are you worried about? Your kid seeing a boy have another crush on a boy on Disney? Like, get your fucking act together and stop pretending you give a shit about anybody beside yourself. Yeah, there's there's plenty they could do. They never do. All right. One more normal, regular, angering story for you. Mm. Not as angry as the other ones. Okay. There's a college in Missouri. I'll use college with big quote hands. <laughs> called the College of the Ozarks. It's a Christian school, private school. It has the distinction of being the least friendly school in the nation for LGBTQ students. Wow. I mean, you would expect to see Christian schools on that list, sure. but they're worse. That'd be a race <laughs> to the bottom, too. Yeah. And, like, this is a school like, that how can says... It be, like, aren't most schools just say you can't <clears throat> be gay? Like, how can you be less... Well, according to its handbook, Yikes. what it says in there is you get... I mean, a lot of Christian schools will say there's disciplinary action if you are in a same-sex relationship and actually doing something within that relationship, which how would they even know, but okay. But this school in particular, the Ozarks, says there will be disciplinary action for anyone supporting people who are transgender, are transgender, or seen touching or caressing <gasps> someone of the same sex in a sexual manner. Like, if you, if you dare to touch someone in a gay way, basically, they'll come after you. So anyway... It's not a friendly school. It's not a place we oh, would ever go say. to. Okay, that's a given. That's the background for this. Uh -huh. They just instituted a new program this year. It's a mandatory patriotism class for freshmen. Yuck, a Rooney. And before I get into what that class is, you got to know one other thing about College of the Ozarks. Yeah. They don't have a football team, but they have other athletic teams. And they said, not only are athletes, like, you can't kneel during the national anthem at their school, uh -huh. which, okay, I get it. They're like big on this fake patriotism thing. So you have to stand up. So they'll punish their athletes. But here's the thing. If their teams play another team that allows students to kneel, they won't play that team. Huh. Which is weird. Cause like you're forfeiting. Cause the other team had this 
yeah, kids I mean, do something. It's a weird thing to forfeit on. <laughs> Not them. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> but here's the thing. So, like, you're this punishing is the school your own students <laughs> for because someone else allowed their students to, to exercise their, their first amendment. Yeah. So they're the ones doing this patriotism class. And the school's president said, we want to make it clear that we're not... Oh, I'm sorry. This was about the uh, school saying, we're not going to let our kids participate in an athletic event where we think disrespect for the flag is okay. Um, but here's the thing about their patriotism class. Their goal is to encourage an understanding of American heritage, civic responsibilities, love of country, and a willingness to defend it. On the surface, that's fine. Well... Eh. But here's the thing, like, their version of patriotism seems to be you have to sing the national anthem. It's nationalism. Yeah, it's this nationalism. Your love of country is how you display it Mm -hmm. and, like, how you look when you do it. So the people kneeling during the national anthem Uh are clearly not patriotic to them. The people who would sit down during the Pledge of Allegiance, atheists, Uh not patriots. And the problem with that is... I mean, the problem with that is obvious, but this idea (laughs) that uh, dissenters, people who are protesting, are somehow against this country rather than trying to improve its flaws, that's such a messed up way of thinking. That's some Hitler youth garbage right there. That's scary stuff. Like, those people who are kneeling, are they patriots or are they traitors? And according to this school, those people seem to be traitors. And that seems like such a weird way to teach patriotism that that's what defines a patriot. Like, do they stand for the pledge? Right. Do they go through the rituals of nationalism? Yeah. And or do they actually try to, do they love our country or whatever? Well, and it's all super performative, too. because And, and I think you see this a lot in religion as well, Catholicism specifically. I mean, that's just the kind of religion I know the most about of it's all about are you going through the motions? Are you saluting the flag? Are you taking your hat off? Are you shaking hands with soldiers or whatever? Instead of like, to me, if, if you were trying to in, get your students to be like, quote unquote, better Americans or more American Americans, like, wouldn't you say like, Hey, look at here's some veterans have a really high suicide rate or a high unemployment rate or suffering from PS- PTSD and don't have the, the met like why and don't have access to healthcare don't to have take access care to of healthcare. it. So like that's, I think that's the thing that's been blowing my mind. And really the kneeling thing has a little bit blown over. Not quite. It's yeah. not the president isn't tweeting about it anymore. Certainly. I don't think, but that's kind of always been the thing that confused me is like, you're so fucking mad about people kneeling when a, you're not wondering what they're kneeling about B like, cause it is right. It started about, you know, black men are getting murdered by police and there's no consequences. That was sort of where it started. But if we're going to all be really concerned that people aren't patriotic enough, then like, why are you wasting your time screaming about people kneeling and not screaming at the government for letting veterans die? Yup. I agree. It's a weird... I don't know how you teach patriotism, and I don't know what they're graded on. I'm really curious, because it seems like patriots who disagree with them are no longer patriots. You fail if you're a patriot in the wrong way. I would love to take a look at the... Excuse me, I'm yawning. The, uh, take a look at the books they use. I know. Because, I like, I mean, our history books are pretty whitewashed. I Christian cannot school. imagine there's, how bad those are. This is the College of the Ozarks. There's only one textbook. <laughs> they don't that's have, the Bible? That's it. <laughs> There's nothing else there. Uh, I don't know, right. man. It's 
That's oh, that feels icky, doesn't it? It really does. It just oh, they were bad enough, and they found a way to make it worse, mm-hmm. and they're doing it with patriotism. And really, in hindsight, like it reminds me of like being in preschool and like having to face the flag and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Like <laughs> a bunch of four year olds, like, and you know how kids say it, like I'm Hanalan, and like apparently that like kid that. is more patriotic than the one who knows what's in the pledge but and chooses to take a seat. But I know isn't it's for that me. fucking. Oh. Like, in hindsight, like, remembering standing there, like, this feels very, like, culty or something. It's, I don't like performative patriotism. I think it's fucking dumb. Yeah. That's, that's my thesis statement I'm with you. And that's because you're a traitor. (laughs) All right. Here's the last thing. I don't even know what I want to talk about this, but I want to bring it up. There was a conference a couple weeks ago, the Mythicist Milwaukee Conference, where they invited a bunch of, like, really right-wing atheists who... Oh, like get, the YouTube? Yeah, like stars. the YouTube folks who get Do we really, talk about this on mic or off mic? I don't know. Okay. We talked about it at some point. Yeah. But they get really excited when they like challenge feminism, but they don't really talk about other issues as much to me. Okay. But anyway, I don't care about that. Oh. The question that came <laughs> up was like I don't want to deal with that one again. The <laughs> question that came up is like, what's happening to the atheist movement? And capital is A, it, capital M. Yeah. And is it dead or whatever? I thought Seth Andrews, who does The Thinking Atheist, did a really nice job of talking about it in a Mm -hmm. recent episode, and we'll have a link to that. But here's where I think he really nailed it. It's that there has never been one movement. There may have been a time when everyone was kind of talking just about God Mm -hmm. uh, 10 years ago when all those books came out Mm -hmm. and Hitchens was talking. I get that a lot of people had an overlap that we were all talking about God doesn't exist Uh and it's easier to find unity in that sense. But now I don't know. This is what I've been talking about when I speak to groups, different atheist groups lately. Mm -hmm. It's that we don't talk about that anymore because there's less of a reason for us as atheists in a room together. I don't need to give you a list of reasons why God doesn't exist. You know that you're already an atheist. So I don't need to waste my time trying to convince you to be an atheist. Mm -hmm. So I don't really talk about that ever. Mm -hmm. But the neat thing about this, and this is something that I've definitely seen over the past several years, is that if you see atheists talking about stuff online, on blogs, podcasts, whatever, they find whatever niche they want to live in. So, I mean, if you look at books that have come out written by atheists, Mm -hmm. they're not just books about why God doesn't exist or why religion is bad. Yeah. It's about here's how you raise your kids as atheists. There are mm-hmm. several books about that now. It's uh, the one we talked about, the queer disbelief that I'm working on. It's about why we should care about LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. There are books about why atheists should, how should you deal with family situations? Uh, how do you deal with the loss of a loved one? Mm-hmm. Those are topics that we don't really talk about much, but we should. And it goes beyond just does God exist or not. Mm-hmm. And the point I'm bringing up is, Uh, There are a lot of atheists who talk about things I totally, totally hate. Like, I think they're totally wrong, and I think it's it's bad information. Like, for example? Um, The anti-feminist stuff. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. yes. Like, okay, that's ridiculous. But the idea that uh, that represents what all atheists think, Mm -hmm. because, oh, man, I've seen so many people have slurs against, oh, YouTube atheists are this (laughs) and that. I'm like... I watch a lot of YouTube atheists who are really, really interesting and smart mm-hmm. and and good. And yeah, there are some that I'm just like rolling my eyes every time they put out a video. Right. 
But it's not one group. We don't chat about this stuff ahead of time. You just see a bunch of people oh, doing their own thing. Oh, you didn't come to the thing. conference last time? I know, right? <laughs> Podcasters, too. There are a bunch of atheist podcasts. I, I have a hunch that anyone who's listening to this podcast probably listens to another bunch of atheist podcasts, mm-hmm. too. And none of us are talking about the same stuff, right. either. Like, we all have things we like talking about and we focus on. Um, but the point that Seth was making is that there is no one community. There never was. There are, and if you want an example of how that theory doesn't work, I mean, there are atheists who are Republicans. There are atheists who are anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen much of an effort to include them in larger events, like mm-hmm. the Reason Rally or mm-hmm. whatever. And, you know, personally, good. <laughs> I don't yeah. want them there. But... They're atheists who are using their atheism as inspiration for whatever it is they believe. Mm -hmm. I'm an atheist. I believe that if we don't believe we come from God, then we are, I don't know, human beings from the moment of conception. Mm -hmm. Because it's not a question about science. Whatever. I don't know what their point is. I think they're wrong. But I don't know. And no one, I think, would accuse them of representing everybody. And I don't know why it's so easy for some people to say... Well, there's someone on YouTube who has a lot of subscribers and they're like an asshole to a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they represent everybody. It's like, no, he is. We should call that out. That's Mm -hmm. fine. But it's not like he represents everybody, just like the Westboro Baptist Church doesn't represent all Christians. Right. Like, it's a weird thing when you hear the movement. You mentioned community earlier. And I think every time you do it and I do it too, Mm -hmm. it's like when we say the atheist community, it always comes with a disclaimer that it's just the easiest way. The lines are really blurry. They are. They're totally blurry. Uh, So I don't know. Anyone who says the movement is dead. Like, see, I think that's interesting. So kind of my, cause I really came up into the atheist movement with this kind of new atheism thing. Like I sort of just, I started getting heavy into it in like 2010, 2011. Um, like I've been an atheist since I was 19 or whatever. Um, and I think it was almost a, um, it, it, it's almost growing with the people in the movement. Cause I think when it first sort of came onto the scene, and obviously the, the new atheists aren't the first, <laughs> the first atheists, right? Like they've been around forever, but this new atheist movement, came into sort of the public sphere a little bit more. And so when you first present atheists, you have to be like, we don't believe in God and we think we can be good without God. Those are usually our two big like points. And I think we've just beat that into the ground because the people who believe that you can't be good without God are never going to change their mind. And those who would agree with us probably do already. So like, what are we going to spend it's our a, entire movement saying like, hey, guys, we still don't believe in God. <laughs> guys. This is why I think guys. the 2012 Reason Rally, which was the first major massive event with every yeah. ma- big organization involved mm-hmm. after all those books came out, got a ton of people because they'd never seen anything like that before. Right. But the one in 2016, I mean, I've had my own critiques of that, but I think one of the reasons it didn't get the same enthusiasm or response is because, okay, we've done that. I yeah. don't need to proclaim my atheism because there's so many resources out there mm-hmm. for me to be able to do that already. Mm-hmm. So just saying I'm an atheist, eh, that's not going to really... I'm not buying a plane ticket for that one. Right. Uh, I've seen the same thing at local conferences, like 
five, ten years ago, you would draw way more people if there was some local atheist conference. Mm-hmm. Now, you're not going to see as many people. It doesn't matter who you bring to speak there. And I think part of it is not that the movement is dying. It's that this isn't a thing people necessarily have to get excited about, worked up about. Because being an atheist isn't as big of a deal as it used to be. Yeah. Even though we have a lot of issues to argue against, sure. to see religion and government, whatever. But I, so that I, alone isn't the big deal. I guess the way I would kind of rephrase all that is to say it's not that the movement is dead. It's that the movement served its purpose and has sort of fallen out of out of need, right? Like I've heard a saying about nonprofit groups, like every nonprofit group's goal is to put itself out of business. Put itself out of business. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, you're right. Like I think that's happened in some ways. Uh, I mean, blogging, for example. You don't see a lot of atheist blogs, and there are other reasons, lots of reasons for that. But there was a point where I was seeing like a new one all the time. People oh, yeah. talking about religion from their vantage point. Mm-hmm. Always interesting to see those stories. That doesn't happen now for a bunch of reasons and whatnot. But again, just having your coming out story as an atheist, yeah, that's not as big of a deal. Mm-hmm. As a, I mean, you, you, it's not like you're the only one who has that story. Yeah, but I think... And you could find them online if you wanted to. I think you're absolutely right. And I think we've had... We've had people who just like we sort of, uh, you know, our last kind of iteration of this show, which was more interview based. I don't know about you, but I had quite a few people come to me and be like, if you want me to come on, like I grew up religious and I have it. And and that's not to take anything from that person's journey or that person's story. But like that's not a really compelling story anymore. We all either have been or know somebody who grew up very religious and have found their way out or some kind of shade of gray thereof. Like it's. It's not the story we need to tell right now. I think the the thing we need to talk about is how is religion harming for me anyway. The thing I care about right now is how is religion being harmful, like in our day to day life, in our government, right. in our medical practice. W- like how that's obviously what my focus has been too. Like mm-hmm. the practical aspects of right. religion yes, and exactly. how we need to fight against that. But yeah, just the atheism itself. Mm-hmm. It's just. It, you're right. It worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, those stories are out there. I don't think anyone who wants to learn about it doesn't have the ability to learn about it. Yeah. And that's not to say it's all gone all because there. the resources are still there, right? Like you can still go pick up Richard Dawkins, the God mm-hmm. delusion. If you're a 16 year old kid in, you know, rural Montana and don't know any atheists, you can still go pick up those books. You can still find all of these blogs. You can still like go back and listen to podcasts, but like we sort of as a collective, are kind of moving forward and saying like, okay, well we've patted ourselves on the back long enough for not believing in God, which arguably we <laughs> we're kind of doing like a lot of atheism talk. And that's why like people gave us a lot of shit and rightfully so is like, so you guys just talk about not believing in God. Like obviously there's more. We to sit it. around this podcast <laughs> and not pray. And then we turn off the mics. We, we just deliberately, deliberately don't pray. It's an hour long of silence. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. And I think there's still community aspects that are to be had. But I've also always kind of felt this way. And I don't know if you have as well. I never necessarily felt the need to go to like an area skeptics group or an area yeah. atheist group. But you and I also live in relatively liberal parts of the country. Yeah, and neither of us has been... Uh, persecuted is the wrong word for us. But like, yeah, we haven't really suffered a lot because of our atheism. We're lucky in that sense. I totally see the benefit to those groups if Mm -hmm. you're not in that position that we were lucky enough to be in. But again, it's not like those groups are now your 
entrance into atheism. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first got into all this stuff, I don't know, 15 some odd years ago, I knew people who were saying the first time I read about atheism or heard about it is because I went to a library and I saw a magazine from a group like Center for Inquiry or the oh. Skeptical Inquirer Free Inquiry magazine. And I read that and it's like, oh, this makes sense. This speaks to me. I'm so interested in this stuff. Mm-hmm. Those magazines are still going strong. But I will tell you that in the past several years, I, I haven't met anyone who said I became an atheist only because that was my first entryway right. into We've atheism. Right. sort of saturated the marketplace a little bit yes, more. Yes, there are resources for anyone who wants them mm-hmm. from your fingertips. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that, okay, if you want to learn about this stuff, cool, mm-hmm. it's there. And like we're saying, I think the question now is where do we take it? Right. And that means when you're going in expanding in that sense, there are going to be people who do things you don't like with that information. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean you don't talk about it or you don't call them out on it. Right. But I think it would be silly to say we're all now under the same umbrella and that we're all working toward a common goal. Yeah. I, I don't know what that common goal would be at this point because even something like church-state separation, which I think hits as many overlaps as possible, mm-hmm. I don't think that... I think there's some people who literally don't care about the policy aspect of it. Just say, okay, I don't believe in God and whatever, we're right. done. Right, because that... And we've said that a million times. The only thing it takes for you to be an atheist is to say... is, is to not believe in God. Yeah, it's one that, answer to one question. That doesn't make you a skeptic. That doesn't make you a feminist. That doesn't make you an ally of any kind. It just means you don't believe in God. And so, yeah. like, that's fine. And I will tell you that one of the things I've tried to do personally is to find voices that I really like who are saying things that I think, oh, man, I want to help spread this as much as possible, mm-hmm. whether it's on YouTube, uh, especially on YouTube or online somewhere, and try to publicize it to mm-hmm. it as best as I can. So like YouTube, for example, it is frustrating when I feel like YouTube atheists get lumped together into right. one little batch of crap. Mm-hmm. But when I see someone who made a video that's really neat, it's like, that I can help with mm-hmm. in the sense that I could say, hey, everyone, go check this person out. Mm-hmm. They're doing really good work. Yeah. And so that's how I can help spread like the atheism that I want to see. Right. Like yeah. these people are doing something neat with their beliefs well, or like, non-beliefs. And I feel like this is a conversation I've had with like friends and family for me personally of like, I feel like sometimes I'm not doing enough and like is what we're doing. But, you know, once in a while we'll get emails from people who will say that kind of thing of I live in rural x state and it's great to hear people who agree with what i say because i don't get that in my everyday life and like Mm -hmm. that means a lot that we can be that that person for somebody but i do often feel like are we just kind of in a circle jerk of like just talking about stuff without enough action and i don't know like i've been thinking about that a lot like could could we could could the friendly atheist podcast be doing more again all the more reason to say here are some groups that are doing things really interesting that i like yeah. we talked about the relief groups and uh, everything cool go support them there are political groups that are working to do statewide work mm-hmm. on behalf of church state separation under the name atheist or secular or whatever mm-hmm. cool go support those and if i can draw your attention to them awesome mm-hmm. Everyone can't do everything. This is a thing talking about God is something we're passionate about. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's going to feel everything anyone talks about on a podcast is going to be a circle jerk at some yeah. point. Uh-huh. Um, this is the stuff we're interested in. You don't like it? Go somewhere else. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, I don't see anything wrong with that. And I don't mind atheists who dis- I disagree with who are pursuing the stuff they want to pursue. Like, true story. Earlier today... Uh, Eric Hoven, our friend, the creationist. Oh, God. 
he sent me, uh, I will admit, a very nice tweet or two privately, just saying like, hey, my movie's out. If you want to go see it, uh, what can I do to help you go see my creation as a movie? And my answer privately was like, I'm not telling you anything here I shouldn't say, was like, I, I really don't want to see your movie. <laughs> and this is true. It would be really hard for me to go on the dates that it's being shown. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we can have that conversation. And here's the th- where I'm going with this. I can. I want to trash that movie. I'm sure I would trash that movie. Uh-huh. based Not just because I want to, but because I'm going to watch it. Best. I know what's going to be in it. But at the same time, it's like... Good for this guy for believing in his thing and actually churning out yeah. a product that probably looks really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll say that about Ken Ham too. Like, you're wrong about everything, but man, you got a hundred million dollar arc built. That's... He's standing in his truth. Yeah, <laughs> He's right. In his bliss. The atheists that I disagree with, they make these videos all the time that are high quality and interesting. That's why they get so many views. Uh-huh. And the whole time, I'm like, oh everything you're saying is such garbage but it's hard to make stuff it's like Like, there's you know there's like line facebook groups that are like of all the things that never happened this didn't happen the most or like (laughs) have you seen those that you just like you just like tag it in the comments of like some garbage story and like you know i'll take this didn't happen for 500 it's it's just (laughs) shit like that that like the, the first one i ever saw was like it's a group that's that's it. All men are canceled, and it's just anytime like you see a dude do something awful in the comments, just link to this group. It's nice. just a dumb like thing that's trending right now on, yeah. on Facebook. And by right now, I mean two months ago, because yes. obviously, if I know about it, <laughs> it's over. Um, but there's one to that effect of like, despite my moral issues with this, that's actually really well drawn or something like that. So it's like really like deviant or upsetting art. But like, oh, I mean. Yeah, but that's good quality, though. <laughs> like, it's Sonic and Mario having sex, but <laughs> the shading's real good, I guess. <laughs> Give credit where it's due. Right. Anyway, I don't think the uh, atheism movement is dead no. because I don't think there ever was one. And there's less stuff we all overlap on. Um, anyway, well, I would encourage you, check out Seth's podcast about this. I'll link to it. Uh, it was good. It's a long video, like, he ranted for a good long time in a good way. It's Seth. He doesn't rant. He just speaks in eloquent, beautiful yeah. voice. But uh, it was interesting. I listened to the whole thing. I don't usually do that about anything. Mm-hmm. I listened to the whole thing. It was good. He made a lot of good points. Good. Check it out. Um, hey, where do you find you? Oh, <laughs> I was so confused what you were saying. I was to too. Was I got it out eventually. <laughs> Sorry. You can go to friendlyatheist.com. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast. I'm at Hemmet on Twitter. <laughs> I'm at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Did you say Friendly Atheist Podcast at sure. Gmail? Write us an email. I have a, we have kind of dried up on the emails. I like reading them. Yes. Sometimes I lay in bed and read them to my husband. <laughs> I'm such a fucking narcissist. Um, <laughs> my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. I just uh, posted a new holiday. because Holidays are upon us. That Christmas creep. Um, it's a holiday cross stitch. And it's like a customized dog in a little stocking with a little Santa hat on. I oh did one God. of my dog and you can buy one for you or oh your my dog. God. Shut up. It's good. I'm going to show you a picture <laughs> of it. And you you have to tell, when I show you a picture, you have to tell everybody what a good job I did and how fucking cute it is. Yes. Okay. That's adorable. He had dead eyes when he said that. <laughs> Hammond, no, what's your happy thing this week? Shit. Uh-huh. I, I am due this morning. You did. And you're, I was like, oh yeah, I got to think of a happy thing. 
I haven't gotten there yet. Okay, I'm going to think of a happy... I went trick-or-treating with the babies. With with both babies? With one baby. The older baby? Yes. (laughs) Did you get them mixed up for a second? What did we do with the little one? (laughs) He's fine. He was in the trick-or-treating bag. He was driving the car. Um, What did she dress up as? Uh, She dressed up as... Is it this princess thing that I keep touching with my foot under your kitchen table? Peppa Pig. Which I didn't realize was a thing, but apparently it's a thing. Oh, yeah, that tutu. Is she that, wore that part of the thing? I don't actually know, but I think she wore it there, too. It's like a cute pink tulle tutu, and it's under Hemant's table, and I keep touching it with my toe, and it makes <laughs> me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to the cleanup section of Halloween yet. <laughs> that's fun, though. But there you go. Um, that was fun. It yeah. was cold, but it was fun. Yeah, that's fun. We stayed home. We I did a last-minute dress-up thing, because usually my husband and I are super into Halloween, but, like... A lot of financials and other stressors have been upon the, the Greif household in the last few months, so it sort of fell by the wayside. But it was our first Halloween with a dog. And so last minute, so our dog, is, if you haven't seen a picture of her, I don't know why you haven't. That's all I do on Twitter is post <laughs> pictures of her. She's white and has like a little black mask kind of on that covers her eyes and ears. And so I was like, oh, I know. We'll put a black shirt on her and we'll wear masks and hats and we're all black and we'll be like burglars like <laughs> like burglar ban- bandits so that's what we were it was i did see that picture and i enjoyed it yeah i mean considering the whole costume cost eight dollars for all of us and that's included we found a child we went to goodwill and found and you like found a child a ch- we found a child Congrats. we had to donate him back mm-hmm. though he didn't fit huh. um, we found a child's like maybe a three-year-old's shirt like a long sleeve shirt and we put it on Dottie and it fit her perfectly and she didn't seem to hate it but she gave us some eyes about not liking it um my happy thing this week is um so my brother and my two friends and I are in a group uh, uh, group chat not group chat group text sure you know what the kids are calling it these days and every day we do the New York Times mini crossword puzzle and tell each other the times. And it's just a thing I really enjoy every day. And I'm not very good at crossword puzzles, it <laughs> turns. My friend. This is what I do every night. You do the mini crossword puzzle every day? I do the real crossword like an oh. adult. Oh, well, I mean, it's just <laughs> a. Th- 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 why are you trying to shit all over my happy thing, Hammett? You're welcome. That is my happy thing, actually. <laughs> Shitting all over your happy thing is my happy thing. Oh, God. <laughs> what is this show? Um, okay, yeah. Bitches Get Stitched Done is... Bitches yes. Get Stitched Done is my Etsy. Go there. Um, Atheist is an offer code. Somebody just used it, and I forgot oh, I had nice. done it. Hey. I forgot I had done it. Huh. <laughs> I was like, how come this didn't cost as much as it's I got, supposed to? I forgot one story. I got literally two minutes, because I got to go. Where do you have to go? I have to practice. Um. But <laughs> I'm coaching something. Oh. But uh, two minutes we'll spend on this. It happened just before you got... Uh, before we started recording, uh-huh. Harvey Weinstein, Fuck him. that guy, was spotted in Phoenix where he's in, quote, rehab. I thought he was in he, rehab in Europe. Uh, no, nah, it's in Phoenix now. But he was spotted in a bar with a hat. The hat no. says 2 colon 2 4. And it's like, the why would you two? Ha- 2 colon 2 4? It's like, what is 224? Is this is according to TMZ. Is it is Bible a verse? Bible verse if, if this is accurate. Okay. The book of Acts has a verse. ACTS Acts? ACTS Acts has a 224, which is a section about how Jesus rose from the dead, even though they tried to kill him. Oh, God. That's the oh, right reaction. Fuck we'll you, a, We'll end dude. on that note. That motherfucker. That guy. Bye. We need a sign-off line. That's not me yelling that motherfucker. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>